You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm Michael Edwards out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. We're on episode 44, multiple of 11, and I love multiples 11. Oh, yeah. At least the ones that go up to 100, and then it starts getting weird, and the pattern is lost. Yeah, they're so easy before then, but then you're like <laughs> 110, 121, 132. Yeah. We'll start our counting podcast later, though. <laughs> Accounting podcast? Where we just count? We just, we just... <laughs> I'm on board. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> so we're going to start with just a little bit of follow-up. Every week, this is our new title segment. Um, we have to stop talking about title and uh, there, there wasn't really much news. So our new title segment is basically people on Reddit saying, how can I get more exposure? Or how can I get an audience? And people answering, you have to play live and you have to book a tour. And this is one of those cases where somebody just asks, um, imagine you have no fans, no website, but you got a 10K budget. Imagine that. You're unknown <laughs> and you have $10,000. So what do you do to get off the ground and gain an audience? And the, when I opened this thread, there was one comment and a one comment said, buy a decent used van, book a tour. Yeah. <laughs> no further comment. Yeah. I'll just refer to our, our past episodes when it comes to that topic. Yeah. We do have some uh, good uh, topics this week though. Um, First off is uh, Spotify. So I saw a tweet out there and the tweet was like, someone we trust, please apply. Um, <laughs> the, the tweet was uh, a link to Spotify, which has a job opening for a user experience expert. And uh thought it was a, you know, a nice jumping off point for us to just talk about the UI of Spotify and, you know, any other UI topics around music players that come up. A little bit of a flipping tables topic, but we'll let it fly. And uh, I see you've already got tons of notes here. So what yeah. what, what drives you crazy about Spotify? It's, it's been so many times that we've talked about Spotify and all the other services. And every time I just mention as a side note that, yeah, Spotify is so great, but seriously, their UI sucks. And we never really got in, in depth with that. So I just thought, let's just get it out of the way once. We can always refer to that episode. Why does Spotify suck so much? And I really love them, but they have done some questionable design choices in the last few months or a year or so. The first thing I noticed back in the day was they changed the line height of when you got a list of songs and basically everything, you, uh, what you're looking at most of the time on Spotify is a list of songs. It's either an album or a playlist. Well, at some point they upped the line height. So there was a point where you could have about 50 titles on one page on a regular monitor setup like 1080p well now it's just 21 <laughs> half as many <laughs> um yeah please i i have more songs than 21 and it it's just horrible to scroll through that's the next problem they actively um pro, they, they actively prevent you from enjoying the music that's on your hard drive they have this local files um, page and it used to be you have a real a, a database that you can search. You had a search function. No, it's just a huge list. You can at least sort it by artist or by title, but that's it. There's no real way to keep track of your local files at all. And <laughs> I mean, of course, they're in the business of streaming. They want you to stream. They don't want you to use to listen to your local files, but. I've so many times have thought about going back to using Fuba, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. 
um, just having a second audio player just for my local files. But then I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not an animal. I just want to use one, <laughs> one player, but Spotify doesn't let me. Spotify doesn't want, I have some songs that are not on Spotify, but finding those is horrible because you have to scroll yeah. through a list and the, the, the scroll bar is so tiny because I get 10,000s of songs on my hard drive. <laughs> They'll increase the line height of the list of songs, but not the yeah. scroll bar. Um, you know, I spend 99% of my time in the desktop or the mobile client and almost no time on the web-based player, which I'm glad exists. Like, it makes sense to me. If you're a streaming service, you better have a web client because you're crazy if you don't. Apple Music. Um, <laughs> and uh, so when I do go to that web client, it, it feels like it's sort of mirroring the iPad version, like a tablet layout. And it, like, it looks very touch friendly, which is fine if I'm on a touch device, but, um, something about like, it's, you know, it's not like completely conceptually different from the desktop client, but it's different enough that I feel like I have to relearn what I'm doing or my muscle memory is gone on like clicking, like on the desktop client, my playlists are in the left sidebar and in the web player, you have to go through a separate menu and it's just like, uh, like, <laughs> Either like completely change it so I know I'm using something else, or yeah. why did you change it at all? It could just yeah. be the same. <laughs> just um, copy and paste. Uh, you can't make it worse than it already is. Um, yeah, I'm glad they have the web player. Um, on my on my laptop, which runs Linux, I just I, I I wouldn't be installing the Spotify player in the first place. So it's, sometimes it's nice to just pop in on the web player. But there's the next problem. Generating links for the web player is just impossible, pretty much. Um, when you right-click on a song in Spotify, you have multiple options of sharing it and copying some links. One of those links is a Spotify URI, which to this day, I don't know what it's supposed to do. It's <laughs> yeah. some kind of protocol or something. I don't know. Maybe some some if you program some stuff with Spotify, you can use that. But can you imagine the regular Joe music listener going, oh, a Spotify URI. I know Great. what to use this Great. for. <laughs> now I know where to pop this. Like so many times <laughs> I wanted to share a song and I always hit, hit Spotify URI first because I read a Spotify URL. I think this is a URL I give to someone and then it opens the web player, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> now the other URL it generates it's usually it opens Spotify for you and plays it in there. But sometimes I just want the web player and it's so hard to link to that. It's borderline impossible. Yeah, that's irritating. And then when you finally get to the web player and you're not logged in, you only get the sign up form and the login, yeah. just log in. It's just a little link below that. And so many times I've tried to sign up again for them. And <laughs> I always thought that I notice things like that that i mean i have so many years of experience of practicing finding the smallest download button so i don't get a virus or something but for some reason in this sign up form i always miss the little login button <laughs> they the should button. sell that real estate to game of war <laughs> um but yeah. that sort of does beg the topic of so yeah i do hope they get a good ux expert that kind of cleans up this mess and uh turns them you know i mean they're in a field where there's a lot of other shitty uis so it's sort of like they can get away with it because everyone sucks um except rdo but they're going away sorry too bad they're gone um uh but it kind of you know opens up the topic of you know what is kind of your history of desktop music players what have you used what do you using now which it sounds like spotify is still part of the yeah. mix <laughs> yeah spotify is a means to an end to me i really love the service and we've gushed about them a lot on this show um i just wish i could stream it through fuba so um 
Well, my journey started, of course, I, oh, I've always been using Windows. So obviously I've at some point used Windows Media Player, but that was a very brief experience back in the days <laughs> where it was this kind of ugly ass non-rectangular design that went all over the place. To this day, I don't know, I don't know what they were going on with that. Um, but also with them, I didn't really like a lot of the features of organizing stuff. So early on, I started using Winamp. <laughs> And Winamp had those awesome skins that for a 15-year-old, mm-hmm. you were just, yeah. It licks the llama's ass. Um, it, it whips the... <laughs> um, I <laughs> Sorry, that those, was a later topic. <laughs> I, I always had those sci-fi-looking uh, skins. And every time we had a LAN party, I saw the people with their Winamp skins, mostly with some half-naked woman on the beach, obviously, <laughs> fitting to that, to that desktop background. Um, but yeah, Winamp was always great. Like, Winamp was... The, the, yeah, it's all about the skins for me. Oh, it, it was all about the skins. That was like 2004 till 2009. So, what were you using at that time? So, I, I don't really remember much before iTunes because I was using physical media. I had CDs, a lot of burned CDs, um, mini discs for a little while, which is uh, <laughs> hilarious because that never succeeded otherwise. Um, and then Finally, when it came down to getting an iPod in like 2002 or so, then it was, it was iTunes. Um, iTunes are bust. And, uh, after, you know, this probably, I've always kind of gone back to iTunes, but always kind of experimented with other things. And, uh, you know, iTunes is, it's well documented how bloated to hell it is and how, you know, annoying it is for a lot of people. Um, especially on Windows. Especially on Windows, but honestly, it runs okay on modern machines. And you, if you're, if you're willing to put up with it, you can turn off most of the crap. Um, but I've also used Google Music. I've uploaded, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands of songs to Google Music. And, uh, it's a great service. It's a good price being free. Um, but the UI kind of drives me crazy in Google Music. Um, I've already complained the past couple episodes, but I still just find little things that don't work the way I expect them to, or like it really, really wants to group more music than what I'm searching for into the results, or it, it just wants to suggest so many things and it keeps leaning into the room and being like, Hey buddy, what if you, <laughs> what if you listen to this? And, uh, I, I, I know what I want to listen to. Um, so but it's a genius. They know what you want. It does yeah, it still yeah. exist. The genius playlist. Uh, I think uh, iTunes still has genius. <laughs> um, so I mean, I can't complain because it's free. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of not. It's not my favorite service. So you know, modern era. I'm Spotify all the way for ninety nine percent of music, and I I still use iTunes just for my own files. And I turn off all the, I don't have Apple Music turned on. I don't have iCloud library turned on. It's really just a local instance of iTunes. And I, I manually drag it onto my iDevices. And, uh, it's basically, you know, it works fine that way. Um, once you're willing to turn off all the shit. <laughs> yeah. You just remember me something. I, I used an iPod, I, iPod, an iPod Nano and an iPod uh touch at some point which was the reason why i had itunes i never really used it to listen i just used it to manage my my uh, database and my my library and sync it with those two devices so a friend of mine has an ipod shuffle and an ipod touch or something two two different devices and he wants to have different music on both of them and so maybe this still hasn't changed because i kind of remember this problem 
he uses his own computer for his iPod Shuffle and he uses his brother's computer for the other iPod. <laughs> so it, iTunes doesn't start merging all the music on those two. Um, it sounds like he might have left on the auto, like, sync my library stuff. I turned all um, that off. I, I have it on manually manage mode, so I just drag what I want onto okay. whatever device. Because I, I remember that. I remember that sometimes it just started auto-syncing stuff that I didn't want on there that I disabled. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you hook it up to another computer and it's like, what if I wiped this device clean before Man, I let you? once and I was so <laughs> furious. I was about to throw it against the wall. The thing that I always disliked about those Apple products is they have this one way of doing it. And if you don't want to do it that way, you have a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I totally understand the frustration with iTunes. I've been living with it so long. I know it's sort of like I can speak its language. I know how to move stuff the way I want to, but totally understand that people are like, no, screw that. I'm out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm also living like an animal. So Spotify for everyone else's music and iTunes. Cause I don't want to deal with Spotify's local files crap. <laughs> Some, from time to time, if I just want to listen to some file, I just use the VLC player, but I don't just, but, but it's mostly if I don't want to scrubble it. So what I used to use from 2009 on till when I started Spotify is Fuba. So anybody on the market for a new music player, Fuba is just the way to go because it's, it's, it can be this little tiny thing that just plays your music simply. And it has so many plugins that you can add that and I still don't really bloat it too much where you can just add everything to it and your whole data, your whole library can be managed. And it's just, for me, it's, it's still a perfect player. Um, I've seen attempts at kind of hooking it up to Spotify. So basically I think it, it just controls Spotify, which runs in the background or you just minimize it and then you have it as a control surface, which would be something I jump on in a heartbeat. But I can imagine that Spotify kind of tries to block that stuff. They want you to use their UI. And I mean, even though I pay for their stuff, like I don't see advertisement, I don't hear advertisement. They have nothing else to gain from me. They won't sell like the the, the advertisement. They still sell sell about uh, oh, look at those new releases. I, I don't give a shit about those anyway. So I'm not gonna click on it. Let please let me use Fuba to control Spotify, and yeah. you have a customer for life. Yeah, just just have APIs and let me use it whatever client I want. I mean, that that would be cool if anyone... I mean, dealing with the music industry, you can't get the licensing to do these kind of things you want to do, probably. But, you know, nail the infrastructure and then just have open APIs and let a bunch of designers yeah. make awesome stuff that... Yeah, like Jabba, the, the, the Jabba clients. There are yeah. thousands there. And, uh, you, you know, you wouldn't have to make one design that is great for everyone because that doesn't ever happen. Um, and instead you would have sort of like the early days of Twitter, there was like a million billion clients and you could kind of find your own niche. And then you'd have a reason why everybody, why every artist has to have their own app because they have an app that <laughs> just streams this one album. Like do bands still do this? I, I, I remember there was briefly a time where every artist had to have an app for themselves. But then every artist doesn't have software skills, so they would buy the same companies. Kanye West does. He's a programmer. <laughs> right. A programmer. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go to the SoundCloud topic. Yeah. Horrible days in, in the age of copyright infringement. SoundCloud's automatic content protection system removed a remix of John Cage's composition 433. 
So if you're not familiar with Fallout 33, I'm going to do, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it counts as fair use because I'm going to sample a play sample of 433 right now. So for everybody who just uh, got their phone out of the pocket looking at what what happened to my player, no, this is actually true. There is a song or a composition called 433 by experimental um, compositionist, compositionist, composer, composer. <laughs> um, John Cage, which is just silent. It's, it's about incidental sound. It's about... Um, your surroundings being the music. Um, I, there, there's one performance from the BBC orchestra on, on YouTube. You can find that. But it's really just, they're all sitting there. They're just waiting. Uh, it's in three acts, I believe, in three segments. Um, they actually turn the page at the end of a segment. <laughs> um, but which is usually the time where everybody starts coughing. So basically it's coughing the song. Um, but somebody, maybe it was a joke or something. Um, posted a remix of this, which again was just silenced and it was taken off of SoundCloud for copyright infringement. <laughs> uh, when did John Cage compose it and the copyright's still active? I guess copyright never dies because of mm. Disney. Yeah. I mean, and he's still alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're linking to this article here where they also uh, posted a screenshot of the copyright notice, um, the John Cage 433 DJ Deadweiler remix. I still can't believe it. I, yeah. I, I mean, f first of all, um, what it's saying here is that the, that SoundCloud's copyright algorithm. Uh, real quick, uh, John Cage is not still alive. He oh. died in 92. Oh, okay. So I was misinformed there. So at some point we are able, we, we're going to be able to remix the song then. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's the question here that does SoundCloud have silence in the database and scan for that? And then it says, okay, so he sampled 433 there. So like every bit of some, every bit of silence, um, it's, it's 433, yeah. obviously. That's, that's insane to me and just seems to be out of the bounds of what copyright should be about. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like people are going to flock to purchase silent recordings anyway. And I mean, now that, that I know that he is not alive, I don't think that he would have wanted this. I'm, I'm going, I'm going out of Olympia, but I think John Cage would have been okay with this remix. I think he would have, uh, would have given the green light on that. Yeah. We're, we're at where we live in. Um, so check out 433. This is not going to be our picks of the week. To, uh, this week <laughs> maybe in the future maybe at one point where we just uh, fed up with music completely we're going to pick 433 yeah um so we have this interesting video here from vsauce on uh, a term he he, he calls juvenoia and uh, this is a, a long form youtube video definitely worth checking out but um it kind of talks in all different dimensions about how generations of people kind of hate each other, kind of think they're smarter or, um, you know, you know, we're more intelligent than those people before us and we're wiser than these stupid kids right now and, um, kind of the patterns in history. But, um, there's a segment in it about music and, uh, you know, how generations treat music and how music has changed generationally. And, uh, you, you brought this to my attention. So what did you like about this? Yeah. He, he brought music up as one of those examples where, 
usually one generation says about the younger one, well, all of your music sucks. And this is also stupid. It's also dumbed down. And, um, can you even call it music? Can you even, yeah, this is the extreme. Like, can you even call it music? Um, let me just pull up one of the, a few of those lyrics. One of those examples is, of course, um, contrasting the lyrics of Justin Bieber with the lyrics of Led Zeppelin, where, uh, he just pulled a paragraph here, um, Led Zeppelin lyrics of the rain song, the, um, there are these seasons of emotion and like the winds, they rise and fall. This is one of devotion, like brilliant lyrics. And then you have a contrast of, of course, Justin Bieber going baby, baby, baby. Oh, <laughs> but then you can cherry pick the other way around and have Led Zeppelin lyrics that are just babe, 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 baby. And Justin Bieber's lyrics are like, I lose my appetite knowing kids stuff tonight. Am I a sinner? Cause half my dinner is still there on the, on my plate. Y you can always find those examples. And, um, they always make this joke on the internet of when people say like, oh man, I was born in the nineties, but I listen to instead artist here, influential artist X, Y. And they always comment on that with the wrong generation. And <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, I found myself saying those kinds of things at some point. I, I, yeah, I gotta admit to that, obviously. Um, but it's just so stupid. And he, he brings up pop music. And I think you summed it up here very well in the show notes. Pop music has one purpose. Pop music is just one kind of music, one genre of music. It has this purpose of catching your interest really early and hooking you with a hook, usually. Yeah. Um, just short bursts of emotion, mostly about joy and happiness and, and party or anger and, <laughs> or anger sometimes. And, and then they let you go and. That's it. So obviously there is a formula that works that, that where everything converges, but that doesn't mean music in general converges. It's the exact opposite that it right now, there's so much diverse stuff out there that wasn't, wasn't out there in, let's say in the eighties or something or in the seventies where all those influential artists from the wrong generation are being <laughs> listened to now. Well, I also liked in this video, he gave an example of like, medicine has come a long way and you might you might complain that a doctor just prescribes antibiotics because they work and like yeah. you'd be like well in the good old days medicine was innovative they'd like <laughs> give you shots and sweat you and try and bleed you and do surgery and it's like yeah they're innovative because they didn't know how to fix the problem and now they know yeah. how to fix the problem and so you know doctors are able to do what's asked of them and yeah. pop music is also we figured out how to do what we ask pop music to do very well but yeah. there's other things you can ask of music than just can you can you give me a shot of that sweet sweet chorus as fast as possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um it was mentioned somewhere in the video but an example of where where people say like oh but this this is this is really high music this is high art well, obviously, um, classical music has high regards for, from, from, from most people. Even those who don't listen to them still are like, okay, classical music, that's, that's something you have to really invest time to get into it. And everything is thought through. Compositions are very complex. I mean, you can listen to it. Sophisticated. It's, it's sophisticated. I was looking for that word. Thanks. <laughs> well, there is a very long history about Mozart and scatology. And, um, I don't know if that's where some of the, um, stereotypes about Germans come from <laughs> on the internet. Um, but yeah, Mozart wrote some 
badass lyrics back in the days. Um, one of those is Leck mich am Arsch, uh, which briefly translates to lick my ass. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to censor this podcast. <laughs> just to, to briefly uh, read some of those lyrics, um, which are just so beautiful because they are about Goethe. Kiss my ass, Goethe, Goethe, Götz von Berlichingen. Second act, you know the scene too well. Let us now shout the summary, Mozart here gets literary. And, <laughs> but the other one is even better. In, written in a letter to Marie, uh, Maria, it's, it's so hard not to pronounce things the English way if I know them <laughs> in the German way. Maria Anna Tekla Mozart in an example of uh, Mozart use of scatology. The German original is in rhymed verse. Well, I wish you good night, but first shit into your bed and make it burst. <laughs> Sleep soundly, my love. Into your mouth, your ass, you'll shove. <laughs> Lick my ass quickly, quickly. <laughs> so this is not high art, or this maybe is not high art. This is just somebody having fun, or maybe it maybe, is. <laughs> maybe it's a king. I don't know. I'm not gonna judge this guy. But in every period, you have something like this, and you can find something by somebody as high regarded as Mozart and probably I think Goethe also uh did stuff like that yeah what is it just about human culture that wants to like make these neat categorizations and like it's never reality there's there's always really brilliant people in shitty situations and really I don't know really high art in low places and low art in high places and like the entire hierarchy is nonsense but we we insist on it well i guess it's just a mix of um the things that you identify with that you grew up with of course you you're going to have to uh you, you want to shine a positive light on those things because that's kind of part of you and the other thing is just that when you remember stuff that's so far away you always remember the good stuff more than you remember the bad stuff. So yeah. there was there's a, a mountain of, of shit music. in every era. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shitty music in the 90s, but and I still remember a lot of shitty music from the <laughs> 90s, but there's also a lot of good stuff in the 90s that I have in my head mostly because that's the stuff that I then listen to or keep listening, kept listening to. Yeah. Like all this bubblegum pop, it's not in my head, but it exists or it existed in the yeah. 90s. Um, this is the same in every period, but we just remember the stuff that's good. And then at the same time, we identify with the stuff that's good. And, uh, you know, with a lot of other eras, you know, if we're talking about like ancient histories, it might be only the good stuff that survived anyway, or is remembered. And so you're like, man, everything was gold in ancient Greece. Like they just had the amazing philosophers and amazing stories and but everything. So in the 1700s, they had some DJ Khaled who <laughs> <laughs> pretended to play the piano. Uh, no, I'm not going to go in that topic. Or in like, it's an interesting question for another podcast, maybe, um, that, uh, you know, like the, the work Beowulf, that's like the only thing we have from that era. We don't know if it's like one of the best things that's ever been made from that era or if it's actually pretty terrible. It's just like, well, it's just all we have. I would love to browse Reverb Nation from the 17 or 1600s. <laughs> uh, you gotta keep your local ranking. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, I'm sure we'll find other ways back to this topic, but you know, it is worth being refreshed that like, this this whole like high art low art thing is is mostly bullshit. Yeah. So then I found this crazy device on Facebook. This video of a crazy device uh, by Doctor Mix. The um, 
it's a granular synthesizer. Now, granular synthesis to me mostly sounds kind of meh. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird sounding, but usually you don't. I, I found that it's hard to get really melodic stuff or tonal stuff out of it. But I've been proven wrong in this video. So not only does this thing look crazy, it's like a huge control surface with dedicated buttons and sliders for every function of this thing. It also sounds good, at least with the samples they played. So definitely check out this video um, to, to briefly explain. So you have this screen, you have like a table with a screen that shows the waveform of what you have recorded. And then you have a slider where you can slide around in this. So it basically just plays a very, very narrow slice of a few milliseconds or up to a few hundred milliseconds, whatever you set it to. And this is kind of the sound that it samples when you play the keyboard. And man, this thing looks like fun um wow it's just fun all the way through yeah that's what the vibe i got from the video when i saw this video it just looked like man i just want to be in the room with that thing for like an hour and just mess around and see what happens yeah i'm just looking at it again it, it and they also animated a lot of little effects in there like when 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 the waveform is being played like there's this like artifacts jump out little, little uh, bit explosions or pixel explosions yeah. happening it just looked like so much fun and the best thing is it's it had it's a built for multiplayer mode i would say because <laughs> it's um th there can be two people playing it from either side and yeah it almost looks like the uh old arcade like you know space invader pac-man machines that are like tabletops instead of like stand-up units um yeah it looks like it just looks so fun and like the, I would say the, the UI looked really expressive and like you were describing all the little effects, like it's not just flashy, but it, like it communicates to you what it's doing very clearly. Right. And so even though I, I don't believe in the term natural UI, I think everything's learned. <laughs> um, it, it looks as easy and expressive as you would want it to be. And it's like, yes, bring on more of this like future instruments, but in a form that, you know, anyone can jump, jump on and start playing with. And that's the thing. I think with this thing, everybody could do something with it. Um, granular synthesis has the um, advantage that you don't really have to learn much about synthesis, which we've talked about. We talked about uh, subtractive and additive synthesis and all that. Well, you just record a sample and then you find a little slice that sounds nice. And then it just keeps playing that slice for a sound. It's so easy. You just have to have great source material and they have microphones hooked up so they just sample a bell or their own voice and you can start playing right away and it sounds like the thing that you recorded but in a kind of weird way and i just i want to see an artist use that thing on stage like holy fuck for example uh they usually face each other both of them are like two of the four guys they have this arsenal of effects and toy keywords now, this kind of would defeat their whole own purpose of using toy keyboards and guitar effects, but man, just seeing those two guys rock with this thing, that would, that would be a wish come true. So you put something out recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I put out an EP. Um, no, so um, we, we talked about this in, in the last few weeks about the preparations of doing stuff. So my EP just dropped. It dropped very hard on the floor. I had to pick it up again. It wasn't broken. Uh, <laughs> we were recording on a Saturday morning. It released on technically on Thursday because I set it to release on Thursday just because I wanted to have the links ready and everything prepared for yeah. when it actually releases on Friday, which I learned I didn't have to do because first and foremost, 
the Lauda experience was very smooth. There was no problem. Um, they sent the stuff to their distributors and like at 1 a.m. in the morning on Thursday, Spotify had it, Amazon had it, everyone had it. So that was good. So next time I know I can really just set the date that I want and not have to add another day before that. Yeah. Um, so I put it everywhere, Bandcamp, YouTube, all everything that you want. Now, as I said, it just released yesterday. There aren't many stats or there, there isn't a lot of statistics that I can talk about yet. Um, because I, so far I've only done the promotion with channels that I have control over. Like, of course, I shared it on my personal Facebook. I shared it with Lars's YouTube channel. Um, I, Briefly shared it with my page, but then Facebook decided to not show that post to anyone. So I have a Facebook page with 700 plus likes. And this post, after being up for two hours, only had a reach of 44 people. So obviously they were screwing me over. I deleted that post. <laughs> uh, so anybody who saw that post uh, didn't happen. Um, but obviously nobody saw it. So I'm just going to try again today. Obviously something in the algorithm said, nope, not this time. Um, so I can't talk to, about too much right now because there isn't much that's being talked about other than the avenues that I knew I could go on that I knew people would be watching. Um, I haven't shared it on Reddit yet because, um, on our music, the Saturday is always the day for new music and your own stuff. So that's the day where you can self post. Now, knowing our music, that isn't a guarantee that people won't downvote you just because, nah, it's just some guy <laughs> who posts his own music. They don't like that for some reason, unless you hook them with something. And that's what I still hope I will be able to do. Um, yeah. I'm still not sure. It's all about the title. That's, so with, with Reddit, you have to have a title that people want to click on. So I'm still thinking about how can I sell this thing now? Yeah. Because they, they have this, they, they, they want this spe specific kind of title, but I have to put something in there that makes people go, Oh, I want to click on that. And that's going to be this YouTube experiment where you can, um, have, have we talked about this on the show? This little YouTube experiment? I, no, we here? haven't. Okay. So, um, one way I've released this EP or I'm releasing this EP is there is this website called YouTube Sync that plays YouTube videos in sync with each other. And I've split this EP or all songs together in four, into four tracks and you can mix it yourself by playing with the sliders of four YouTube videos that this website plays in sync for you. It's kind of like the album Zyreka by uh, The Flaming Lips where they right, gave right. you four CDs. With, yeah, there we've talked about this one. And, I, and then I said, oh, I want to do something like that. So we've come full mm -hmm. circle. Which uh, I had fun trying out your, your synced videos because I have the all the stupid Star Wars stuff turned on with Google. <laughs> and so anytime you try to edit any volumes in YouTube, it goes... Psh! for a lightsaber noise and <laughs> so Not it's just of the album don't sue me disney yeah a lot of lightsaber noises trying to yeah. edit your songs yeah so um I'm, i i will try to share this on reddit so i'm not just going to put the bandcamp link there or youtube link there i i want to have this little special thing so at least when people say ah music not my kind of taste but at least the, the this thing is cool. This is like yeah. great, great to toy around with. This is what I'm hoping for. 
Um, Reddit has a weird kind of love hate with original content because it's like, yeah, sometimes they strike you down pain. because you didn't make this. Why are you doing this? Why don't you give credit to the original creator? But then if you do post your own stuff, it's like, get out of here. Yeah, you're just advertising, <laughs> and it's so stupid because, um. Obviously, I've talked about this. My album is free on Bandcamp. You can pay if you want to, but you don't have to. I have no stake in this other than, hey, look at this. I think I made something cool here. Maybe you find it cool. There is, that's where it ends. There's no grand scheme, not, nothing I'm trying to do here that, that isn't already obvious. I want people to listen to this. If you don't like it, that's okay. But um, you're not trying to buy a van and book a tour. Too, too often, I see just people shitting on other people. Yeah, I, I really dread posting it on Reddit. I, I can see myself just posting it around noon and then not opening Reddit because once I see that little red envelope, I'm like, nope, I, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what if even something happens, like if it just doesn't get downvoted and then doesn't. Um, so just a few stats. Um. I have set it to pay what you want. Um, so excluding all the free downloads, um, it's a five song EP, five songs. They are pretty long. It's th about 30 minutes in length, all of it. The average price or the price which it averaged to now is five euros 40 cents. Now I have to exclude my own 50 cents from that because of, I bought it myself just to have my own review on that. <laughs> so technically the average price is people paid is six euro and 40 cents which is more than I could ever ask for, for a five song EP. Like for me, if I, if I, this was somebody else's EP and I liked all the songs and it's five songs, I would go, yeah, $5, like $1 mm -hmm. per song. That's, that's kind of the mean price for me. So already I'm very grateful that people are going above the average that I would have set myself. So uh, that, that's cool in my book. So everybody who, yeah. who, who is getting this album, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much honestly absolutely um, yeah so other than that not much to say yet because it's just so fresh so obviously um we're going to link this album in the show notes give it a listen it's electronica it's melancholic it's sometimes energetic sometimes or most of the time it's rather calm um it's great to relax too that's what i've heard <laughs> Stare out of a window to it. Um, yeah. Any plans for merch or physical media of any kind? Um, I'm looking forward to producing a small run of CDs at some point. I'm going to make them myself the way we did it with Lettuce with, uh, by The Astray, where I'm just going to produce everything myself, including the cover art and everything, just because I know there isn't a high demand, so I'm not going to press 200 CDs. Um, it's one of my Patreon goals at some point to be able to say everything that I release is going to be on CD, but, uh, yeah, there has to be demand for it. And until that demand has been reached, usually there isn't really a point in producing too many CDs. Now I want one for myself and I know people want them that I know, but it's such a small number that I'm just going to set aside a weekend at some point and produce a batch of them and then leave it mm -hmm. at that. So um, they're probably not going to show up on Bandcamp anytime, anytime soon if I produce some. Well, always a, a fun to bust out the confetti for a, a new release. It's uh... <laughs> Release the balloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're also working on new stuff, I've had. 
Yeah, at long last. And I already made myself a, a liar because I, I shared out a <laughs> demo to some people privately of the first thing I, I started working on. But yeah, I was just excited to have really broken ground and like, you know, I, I'm actually starting on this. I'm not just talking about it. And uh, so that it was mostly out of that excitement. But I really am going to my cave and I'm going to make a bunch of stuff and come out later with a bunch of new songs. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel good and excited as you should at the beginning of a project. And I could be weathered and beaten down and depressed later when it's <laughs> instead of the, the land of opportunity, it's the mundane. Here's what you settled for <laughs> result. Yeah. It's, it's at that point where you're just mixing and mixing subtleties and <laughs> the last 10%, it's when you're going to start hating your song. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it just feels like a, a, in some ways kind of a new era of like I've kind of been setting my life up so I can do creative stuff as much as possible and uh it just feels good so I'm excited and uh we'll try not to say much until I've got something to show but so here's a short sample of Mike's latest song which <laughs> no! I've queued up right now <laughs> but we do have songs we can share now we got picks of the week yeah, we got them. Picks of the bye week. We, we at some point we have to at least correct it a little bit. No, because... they're picks of the week. We made an episode for. Oh, maybe something we could do is just add picks of the week to our Spotify playlist in the in the off week we have. And Ooh. just not talk about them. Just not talk about. Just have them speak for themselves. Oh, that's the point where we can introduce the songs that we dislike as our picks of the week, and people are going to question our tastes. <laughs> A hate list. So who should go first? I think you should. Um, my pick of the week is Girls in Hawaii with Mrs. Girls in Hawaii is an artist name that doesn't sound like the music that they produce. For, I, I have a feeling I was thinking about uh, like chill out pop um, in, in the vein of, I don't know, something Instagrammy. <laughs> uh, but no, it's lovely folk, folk kind of music. It's very soft and uh, guitars. A lot of uh, alternative, I always say alternative instrumentation just because it has a flute, uh, just because a flute isn't the standard <laughs> instrument in a rock band. But um, yeah, it has some inst interesting inst uh, instrumentation. Uh, what I really love about the song are, are two things. Um, first of all, the, the climax, which I'm not going to spoil in, in the short sample I'm going to play. Um, because it, I don't know, it, I think the, the, the whole song before it has to uh has has to build up a little bit for that to to really hit its mark but the other things i like is the little transitioning percussion noises that happen sometimes which are kind of echoey and and distorted just a little bit like every time it switches to the chorus and then switches back to the verse there's just this little fill i would say and i love that it's just really those little things that kind of hook me sometimes so uh here's a little sample of mrs by girls in hawaii Imagine that, that kind of calm song and then all of a sudden this fat bass joins yeah. in. But it works. It works. 
So what did you think of the song? So when I first listened, uh, I, I couldn't get a, almost a JRPG vibe out of you my head. You always get that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> always get that. Maybe that's just my taste, or maybe that's just what you jump to every time. Um, and specifically, uh, a PS1 game called Wild Arms had like, it was kind of, you know, it was definitely a JRPG, but it had like this Western vibe to it. Um, revolvers and guys with like long leather jackets and stuff, but uh, um, a little bit of that, and then later the flutes coming in the song, and I that just makes it more JRPG to me. Um, and I don't mean, you know, as with all my criticism, I don't mean this as a dismissive or critical, you know, negative. I'm not nagging the song. <laughs> um, I, I like this song a lot, and especially um, the. The, the vocals are like very deep and low and whispery. And then it's joined by an octave above it pretty early in the song. And that, that was just delicious and smooth and, and great. And, uh, in the middle of the song, like the, the main progression kind of happens in a different key for a little moment. And that's was a nice little music theory thing going on that I appreciated. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was a, uh, you, you sent me this uh, whole album and told me to check it out. And so, um, I've, I've been really enjoying Girls in Hawaii. Great. So what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week is a song called Ivory Coast by Pure Bathing Culture. And uh, <laughs> that's another like terrible band name, I'm just going to say. <laughs> um, and uh doesn't really, I don't know, I don't know what to say about it. It seems like an awful uh, name. Um, this song is uh, kind of just like a, listening to the ocean wash over you in in a hipster pop song way um but it's 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 lush it's got a lot of reverb it's kind of uh drowned in itself but it's got a good hook and i i just kind of enjoyed floating around with this song for a bit so let's hear a little bit of ivory coast So it's also got this kind of retro vibe, almost like uh, the song French Navy I'm thinking of by Camera Obscura. Um, they, they kind of mine like 60s pop a lot. And uh, there's just like a hint of that. But um, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of deep thoughts about the song. I just enjoyed it and thought it sounded nice. Um, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, first of all, I just noticed the vocabulary that both you and me used, both in the show notes and when you were just talking about it. And at that point, I thought pure bathing culture is the perfect name because just floating, wetness, bathing, <laughs> it, it just fits. I, I think it fits very well. And then Ivory Coast and you think of water, you think of beach yeah. and it's, it's just that. It's wetness all around. Um, <laughs> the song will get you let wet. It wash, uh, let, let it wash over you. It's just, it is perfect. And then it's coupled with this lo-fi reverb it has like this. Um, you, you really heard the, you really heard, um, you really hear the early reflections happening and it's just wet. Everything is wet. It's, I think it fits very well in that case. And what I also liked is this very faintly in the background, you have this whistling of the main melody. Um, not all the time, but sometimes it, it happens. 
And I just noticed that on the second listen, because the first listen happened when I was in bed and just listened through my uh, phone speaker. <laughs> I didn't really notice the, the little details, but man, just with the, with the, with the percussion transitions in, in misses, it's really those little things that usually hook me that I just, yeah, the main melody is all that great, but man, that one sound that happens for half yeah. a second at minute, at the three minute mark, that, that's what keeps me coming back. I'm going to loop weird. the shit out of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> one other thing about Ivory Coast is, uh, they have a really strange music video and, uh, we'll link to that in the show notes and, uh, you know, it starts off like an Instagram filter and you're like, I know exactly what to expect from this, but then it, it gets weirder than that. So, um, yeah, maybe check that out. And that's it for episode 44 of Bits and Pieces. As always, check out our Spotify playlist for all the picks of the week we've done over the entire history of this podcast. Unless they're not on Spotify, then we're kind of out of luck. Um, you can find show notes, including a link to that Spotify playlist at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 44. And uh, we love feedback, so you can find us on Twitter. It's probably one of the easiest ways to talk to us. I'm at Medwards Music. And I'm at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. And uh, yeah, send us songs, send us questions, send us topics, and that'll be a grand old time. And feedback on the EP, please. I'm in need of reviews. Yes, yes. Um, you can also subscribe to our podcast if you're at our sunriserobot.net website. You can click on the iTunes or RSS button. And uh, if you know if you got a smartphone like you should, um, you can uh, listen to us in any podcast app if you need a suggestion. Um, on iPhone, I like Overcast.fm, or there's a built-in podcast app. If you're on Android, uh, Podcast Addict or Pocket Casts are two great choices. And uh, then you can use our RSS feed. And then what this means, if uh, you're not familiar, is new episodes will automatically go to your phone. You don't even have to think about it. It'll just be ready to listen uh, when we release so that's fun. That's cool. Do it. Um, if you'd like to support us here at Sunrise Robot so that we can keep producing awesome shows, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And uh, depending on the uh, amount you donate to us, you can get your name mentioned on every podcast. So a uh, special thanks to Benji Robinson. And uh, we'll see you next time. 